You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Welcome to another episode of Delirious Nomads. Today we have a fast and furious one with one of my best friends, uh, one of the uh, hardest working guys you're ever going to meet in the metal scene. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's one of New York City's, uh, God, I would call you a hustler, and I mean that in the best sense of the word. Uh, both Matt and myself, a good friend, David Castillo, welcome to the show. Um, yo, yo, yo. What's so up, much everybody? To talk about, uh, so much to talk about, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Um, you know, just hanging out, watching fights, trying to get my bar open again, aka St. Vitus, making music and, um, you know, just still kind of walking the same path in, yeah. in, a, in a weird way, um, even though shit's been closed for so long. So, yeah, things things are all right, man. They're, they're really looking up. There's a light at the end of the tunnel now that uh, Finally. Is, is amazing, you know? Um, so I feel invigorated. I feel invigorated by that, even though the world is a weird place right now. You know, without without having to stick to it, do you have an idea of when Vitus St. Well, so for those of you out there who don't know what St. Vitus is, but you probably you're, do because you're listening yeah. to yeah, this podcast. Um, St. Vitus is, you know, the definitive heavy metal concert venue in New York City. Um, the world me yeah right just a perfect room the sound is amazing what's the capacity there you know 200 ish or something like yeah. that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but uh you know the shows are always packed um it's just it's just i've never been to a, a show there and, and not left being like oh my god that was epic no matter who the band was or what the genre was always always epic that room feels like um but do you know when when you might be opening doors right now we're shooting for after uh, Labor Day. That's okay. hopefully what it'll be uh, in the fall. This is a worldwide exclusive, <laughs> but you oh, know, man. there's a lot of confidence around, you know, reopening and things of that nature. And I feel like the industry as a whole, like the music industry, obviously in the past week, you've seen like a lot of really big stuff announced, like Governor's Ball and Lollapalooza and oh, yeah, yeah. you know even in, in our in, in more of our world you know Megadeth and Lamb of God in like late August and uh, you know stuff like that which is obviously much bigger than than St. Vitus is but then there seems to be a lot of enthusiasm around you know starting to book from kind of the fall on and and you know I felt pretty good about starting to do that and so yeah, we are looking forward to a triumphant return in, in fall and winter. Yeah, and uh, gonna have, yeah, I'm psyched. You're going to be booked every night of the week because every band in the world is going to be on tour. It's kind of insane right now. And, and it, it's so weird, right? Because it's like, 
you know, there's never really a time where like every band at the same time, right? Like bands have their own kind of like cadence and rhythm to stuff, right? When they put out records and schedules and these sorts of things, you know, Matt Bacon stuff. So basically when that kind of shit is, is happening, everyone sort of has their own rhythm. Now everyone's sort of starting from the same starting line. And that's like the gun for the race goes off. Poof, and like, it's like, here we go. Um, so it's really crazy, but you know, I've been talking about shows like a year and a half, like away, like, it, you know, even more yeah. because people are making these sorts of plans sometimes, especially, you know, if they're not necessarily like chomping at the bit too, if they have a little bit of more time or they're planning something a little bit different. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see. And, uh, you know, people have been making shit, you know, behind the scenes, right. And like ready to drop music that's for fucking sure so it's going to be like an unprecedented time for sure like i really don't know what it's going to be like in reality but i think it it, it can't be more boring than what just happened so i look yeah, forward gonna, to it <laughs> well, i feel like every show for the first month is going to be slammed oh every, yeah dude, every show for the feel, first months i think i think you know it's going to be tricky because i think you know, bands aren't quite sure when exactly to book because of what you know, everything that's going on. But then again, the, fa- the faster you book, the faster you're set, because eventually there's going to be such a glut that there's, there's literally not going to be any dates for anybody. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be kind of nuts, especially when you think about the hiring capacity you go. Right. There's only so many places that are, are sort of, you know, um, they can handle the scale. Right. Like there's only so many thousand person rooms in New York. And then there's only so many 2,500 person rooms and then 5,000, you're like small stadium, maybe like cyclones right down in Brooklyn. Like it starts really thinning out like the higher up the food chain, you sort of go right. The facilities that are just sort of available. I've already heard about a couple of things that at higher cap ranges already being like, just like a war to get in like for a lot of stuff. So we'll, we'll see, you know, um, that being said, you know, if any, bigger vans on to just take a little residency at a little little St. Vitus. Give me a call. So I'm super excited about, uh, I'm going to a couple, of, a couple of the Danny Warmer festivals. I'm going to um, Aftershock and I'm going to Louder Than Life. And the festivals are great. And it'll be great to see a lot of my friends there and some of the bands, whatever. But but in terms of like a like a, like a club show, I am, the, the show I'm most excited to see in the, is uh, Gojira, Knock Loose and Alien Weaponry, who are playing here at the Greek Theater September 17th. And I am. Yeah, that Kojira tour looks fucking rad as hell, man. Absolutely. That's a great lineup. What are you looking forward to? Is there anybody you want to see first before anybody else? (sighs) Shit, man. It's kind of crazy because I've almost haven't really thought about it all that much because my mind, this always happens to me, right? It's like even in in, in normal times, my mind is already four or five months, six months like ahead of time, right? Like my, my, I have like two calendars, right? There's like the thing that's going on tonight and then the things that I'm like working on that are in the future. And this happens to me all the time. Like things just creep up on me and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that thing. All right. Like, let's go this weekend. I'm the opposite of like a good fan. Honestly, I'm like I'm bad at at planning things like that. But I feel like the Gojira tour, they played St. Vitus, which is absolutely insane. And they were probably one of the best sounding bands I've ever heard at St. Vitus, like ever in my fucking life like unbelievable so I, I would love to see that tour that's great and I'm um, I'm waiting for a lot of things to be 
uh, announced that I kind of know about. So I don't want to be on some loose lip sync ship shit. So uh, I'll just say that there's some really good stuff coming and there, there's like a lot of really fun tours and shows. And it's just nice to see that, um, that, that, you know, the bands have the confidence to do this. And I just hope that honestly, you know, I'm very lucky. We like St. Vitus has been very supported. We've been able to do, you know, like a, a lot of, you know, stuff through the pandemic, whether it be like merchandising and other things to like pivot and stuff. But the people who truly like kind of got the shortest end of the stick, and this is usual in general, probably their crew. They were able to sell records and do things of that nature and maybe some merch, but it's like, you know how it is. Touring so big. And um, I just really hope that people remember that, the, the, you know, there was a lot of like talk about supporting independent. And of course, I really appreciate it because I'm in that world. But just, you know, now that everything opens up, remember that. Remember, like, you know, buy that T-shirt, go to that show, do that thing, man. We can we can all like participate now on like a whole different level. So I just hope that uh, that all happens and that, you know, um, it's nice to see so many bands just like coming back and, and ready to do it too. So I'm excited to see it. What was the last show at Vitus? Do you remember? Um, yeah, it was uh, Human Impact, which is a great band with members of Unsane and Cop Shoot Cop. They put out a record on Ipecac. So like real, like kind of like, you know, it's like noise Rocky and Chris Spencer sings. And I think one of the dudes is also in Swans for a bit. So mm-hmm. real like Cop Shoot Cop is awesome shit. Oh yeah. God. And uh yeah, I mean, we had so much cool shit going on, man. Like, uh, you know, I'm very lucky that a couple of things that I thought were going to go by the wayside, some of that shit actually kind of came back, which is dope. Uh, stuff that was a little bit more rare. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, Human Impact, that was March 13th, I think, 2020. And that was the last time that the uh, the stage was inhabited for a live show. Um, moving along, uh, we're fast and furious today on this one. So you you are making music. Is it primitive weapons? Is it is it something else? I've been is making it- uh, I've been making industrial music under the name Confines for a couple of years uh, now. Just kind of really figuring it out. But I do have a new five song EP that will be coming out on a label called Synthesize, which is uh, a party in New York City that is also a label that's put out some really cool shit uh, like. Bands like Blue Anxiety, Anatomy, um, a lot of stuff that's very in that sort of like post-punk industrial and sometimes even bordering on like darker techno. But it's all done and curated by a woman named Andy Harriman, who's like an amazing fucking DJ, awesome promoter. um, And, you know, I'm really happy to be a part of that. So I'm doing that. And then I do have some new heavy music that I've been working on as a singer um and you know kind of like hasn't really fully taken shape with but it's with some really cool people and i'm very excited about it so i feel like there'll be some of me uh doing heavy music very soon we're just kind of i don't even have a name for it or else i would say but like we're just getting getting off the ground and i'm excited for that and as far as primitive weapons is concerned it's sort of in a dormant sort of space right now and it has been for maybe like a couple of years uh, i'd say never say never of course you know but really depends on um you know a couple of factors for us to kind of come back and, and write music but if that were the case it would be very welcome and very cool because i really love 
everything that that band's ever done. You know, it's funny. I saw I saw Primitive Weapons at like I want to say, and I could be wrong. I almost want to say it was Arlene's Grocery, or it was maybe. No, it was. It was a Candiria's uh, record release show over there. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I. That's how we're all hanging. You and I had become friends, but not to the extent that we we are today. But I had no idea that you were the singer of the fucking band. So I'm sitting there. (laughs) I had no idea. And so I'm sitting there with Jeff Blanchard from Lucky Thirteen, and all of a sudden. You, you guys start playing and I was really, really, I really liked it. I was like the first song really, really got into it, but we were like in the back corner of the bar, like right where you enter Arlene's. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, is that Castillo singing? And he's like, yeah, you know that? I was like, no, I had no idea. Literally no idea. Um, but suffice it to say that I love the set and I love that band. And I hope that you guys do find your way back at some point if timing works out with all the guys. Yeah, I think I feel like there's something in there, you know, but like we've always been a band that was never sort of meant to we were meant to make music and like art, but never really be more on like the the touring circuit kind of aspect, you know, like we, we just we all have jobs and different things. And that was kind of the parameter for the band. Like we would do as much as we sort of could, but it was never going to be like, let's set sail and fucking do that shit. We got to take care of other things. So it's been a beautiful journey, but uh, that's that's just kind of like how that sort of operated and that, that sort of thing. So we'll, we'll see, but um, I'd love to write. I'm hungry to just make things kind of always. So yeah, you know, Artie, you got riffs, call me. <laughs> Something <laughs> that you and I have kind of touched on periodically, Dave, is you have a philosophy degree. I do. Which always like, and I feel like it's popped out in our interactions like three times and every time I'm super not ready for it. The time I remember most is when we were on that flight to London and you were like talking to me about sophistry and I was like, 7 a.m. Dave, shut up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's so right. How, how does that like, how does that background impact how you approach your work at St. Vitus Bar? That's a great question and a rather intimate one in a way because not too many people know that. But uh, yeah, it's true. I went to school. uh, I have degrees in philosophy and sociology. And at a certain time, I thought that I would go back to school and perhaps pursue a PhD, which maybe when like I'm like older and grumpier and maybe have a couple more bucks, maybe that's something to pursue. Um, But I, you know, basically took some time to move to New York City and I didn't want to jump back into like a PhD or a master's program and I I, I did really well in school which it might surprise some folks (laughs) but uh I did and and you know I wanted to kind of I felt like all my favorite philosophers had like great life experience you know David Hume fought in like wars and shit and like you know they never were like these like hard-boiled academics that we sort of find I forgot you were a game guy Yeah, I am. Um, So I feel like, um, you know, I wanted to just sort of gain experience and stuff. And then I just found myself like human experience, you know, and then I sort of found myself just being gravitated to my other interests, which are obviously our music and art and uh, things of that nature. And so that started to pull me away and I never really went back, but I do love theory and things like that. And it's really applicable in like in in every way, honestly, because it applies to just the way I try and live my life and sort of build things has like a a certain bend to it. You know, I'm probably like one of the more 
jovial, negative people you've ever met, you know, in, in a lot of ways, <laughs> because I really, you know, I don't really think that there's, it's very, uh, you know, you're, you're French, it's very Sartre, it's very existential in a lot of ways, it's very, you know, I don't think that there's like, you know, some grand meaning or, or point, but it's really just whatever kind of you can uh, ascribe to get you out of your day and through the chaos of, of the world. And that's one of the things that really has always attracted me to heavy music or really to me like um, music that makes you feel sort of powerful. Like sometimes I listen to a record and it just makes me feel powerful. And that's like an amazing feeling to impart onto somebody, right? Like to, mm-hmm. to, to have that and to give that to someone. And to me, that's like, that's like magic it, in, in, in reality, right? Like I feel like there's a certain alchemy that musicians have that is very different from almost any other art or, or definitely different than any other art. And it's something I like truly love and I like revere. And um, I guess, you know, uh, without music, life would be a mistake. I guess that's the great quote, right? So in a lot of ways, I feel like I just taking those things and also the idea of, you know, community and music and like social movement and those sorts of things and tried to apply that towards my work at St. Vitus because it's it's a place, right? Like Vitus is a physical place where people congregate and you're putting art up there, but we can put art up there. Like I'm not like somebody who's like necessarily unattainable. You could find me, you can reach out to me, right? Like I don't try and be that sort of person. And I try to, we try to be kind of a little bit of a community good to a, like a rational extent where we can do good business, but like, I want to hear your band. I want to put, if you have a great idea, I want you to walk through that door and, and put a great idea on that stage. And that's really a lot my function. Uh, And that's the way I kind of look at it and the way that I constantly want to refresh sort of the vibe of St. Vitus constantly with what's sort of going on in the city. I want to hear like the newest bands. I want to hear the, the, that sort of thing. And as the bars sort of grown in profile, we get these bigger artists, but then we can sort of supplant that with our own talent and build great new bands, you know? And I, I want to just say something. I really hate all these fucking memes about like local bands and only five people watching them or all that fucking bullshit. I just want to say, fuck that. That's exactly where everyone has started. And people should instead be trying to build each other up and mm-hmm. create something. Cause okay, cool. That five, person band might one day become something like incredible and i've seen it before i've seen bands who played in front of 20 people people. yeah exactly man like i've seen bands like that like primitive weapons and horrors played a show together and there were like 65 people there or something like and that that's fine like there's no shame in that game but like look at what happened after that that was like on both of our first records so to me it's just um that's that's what I'm sort of constantly after and that's sort of a product of like a uh, like a point of view right and and the way that I kind of want to to do things and I feel like Artie and George have given me always a latitude to pursue things that way and they're kind of that way as well and so uh, I've been really lucky that the point of view has uh is a shared point of view mm-hmm. yeah no it's funny because you're 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 reminding me just it's a very positive place right and it's a very welcoming place you you know and that's kind of how you and i have become friends outside you've been in my home whatever but 
like we, we initially became friends with, because I would run into you when I'm seeing a show there and you were always so welcoming and you'd always immediately walk me over to the bar and get me a drink, you know, and, and I contrast that with a very, very famous um, rock and roll bar here um, in LA that I won't name, but is iconic. And it's like, everybody treats you like, you know, they're doing you a favor that, that, that they're there. You know, no one's, you know, there's no one's, no one's nice. No one says hello. No one's just like very, it's really, it's a really weird um, environment to be in because it's a, you feel like you're troubling them when you order a drink at the bar or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, for sure, Vitus has always been the opposite for me, which is one of the things I loved about it. And I have a question, you're talking about art and I know you're talking about the bands and, and creativity, but I've also always been extremely, I always, even to probably the last time I visited the venue, when I'm there, I always, always, always make a point to look at the photographs that you have lining the wall. Um, they're also stunning. Uh, like where did, did those come from? One collection or where did you source those? They were some of them, they're just amazing photography. Yeah, it's really cool. So um, George, uh, so like when we turned like five years old, we, we had kind of like a discussion between George Artie and I, and it's like, you know, at a certain point, we kind of felt like five years is like something, right? Like you've, you've been doing like, you're like a, a generation, like people would have graduated college or high school or something like that. You know, like you go through like four or five years, it feels like, okay, now there's something significant. And at that point, like a lot of cool stuff had happened at the bar. So we started kind of wanting to do something that would honor our, our own history in a way, you know, and create a little bit something more. So our thought was to put, and I forget whose idea it was, I'm going to say it's George, but I'm not, or it could be already, I don't remember, but uh, George was definitely the one that spearheaded it. And, you know, he really, you know, those guys really take care of like the bar aspect very much. And like a lot of the stuff on the shelf, it started as like Artie's personal collection, like Michael Girard, like Prince and like old fucking, you know, like Bibles and, and and old records and shit that are just really amazing. So like he he brought a lot of that in and then we wanted to kind of grow that a little bit in a way that made sense. So George at first sourced uh, photos from kind of different folks, people like Sam Marble, amazing photographer, Nathaniel Shannon, who now has the kind of the majority there. Nathaniel uh, works for us as a bartender as well. And, you know, a couple other friends too. And we really tried to get a lot of like great moments and like kind of our, our best moments. So it is pretty cool. You know, it's a little bit different than just like the show poster because mm -hmm. the show poster, you know, we have enough of them up there for like shows that I want you to go to like, you know, in like two weeks or some shit, hopefully. Right. So it's something different that can sort of honor the, that particular time, I think. So it's really cool. I love it. And I love seeing it change a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's cool to have like Dylan from full of hell up there or like George from death heaven, or like some of the, the newer, like, you know, newer folks next to like, you know, Mike from I hate God or, you know, Chelsea Wolf or King woman. Like, it's great to just see it evolve too. Cause I love that. Cause I like to see that people persevere and do better in their sort of careers and go on to like great things. And, you know, we were there to help them out, you know, a, a lily pad towards other things. So I'm, I'm always stoked on that shit. So it's also I'm, cool glad, that, I'm glad that you noticed. <laughs> I wonder if he'd sell these, you know, I've, I've wondered that, you know, well, I, for me, it's cool because there's photos you see in there and you're like, Oh, I was there. Right. You mm, know? Yeah, definitely. Like, especially cause like, I probably go to St. Vitus like 80 times a year normal times right 
So like when I roll up and see things, I'm like, it's like a weird trip down memory lane of like, oh man, remember when Megadeth played here and I got to see the sound check and it was the most insane show ever. Like, yeah, that's pretty sick. Um, and, and then there's people who come in and they're like, you know, oh man, I wish I was at that one, but, or whatever, or like, they want to talk about it. And it's just a good conversation piece, you know, or like, how did I miss that? Or whatever the fuck, if they live in New York or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I feel like, uh, you know, the, the scene is visual always too, right? There's great artists, you know, illustrators and photographers and stuff like that, that create the visual language of our, of our, the musics that go in there. So it's a cool way to give them some, you know, uh, some shine for sure. It's yeah. going to be a very happy day when I can come to New York and come see a show there. First, first, it'll be Jeff, Johnny, and I, and we'll we'll go have tacos next door first. It's become kind of a ritual. Then mm. we'll come in and go to the show. The Acapulco um, special. Is Let's there like, <laughs> this is a serious question I was thinking about the other day, uh, given sure. the number of my friends who know I know you and are have been asking me when you're going to open. Have you like put together a day one protocol, given how nuts it'll probably be? Like, is there a plan in place for like, not yet okay yeah you know i feel like we'll just sort of see what happens you know what i mean like i I already know relatively who the first band is going to be so it's going to be pretty wild i think and then we'll sort of see what happens you know like i don't fucking know like i I, we've done so much crazy shit like i'm kind of just like bring it on baby like let's go i feel like i'm in like witness protection like I, i i haven't like no action no hustle Chris called me a hustler at the beginning of the show. No hustle. Where's the game at? I'm like, I got nothing, <laughs> you know? So I'm just really excited to kind of like go for it. And, and hopefully yeah. there's just like, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy we can even open the fucking door again, man. Like straight up, like we're, we're grateful and happy to just do that. So once we get there, I'm just like, I think, um, you know, hopefully it's just like riding a bike, man, or getting your sea legs back, right? We'll be like, all right, cool. We know what to do, man. We've been doing this shit for a decade. Let's go. Which is gonna, true. 10 years this year. I'm going to And we're going to actually have a show. Hey, 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 all right. I can see myself literally booking, because uh, I'll be coming to New York once a month for business, but I can see myself, but I can kind of pick my dates, right? I can, I can definitely see myself um, choosing the dates around, oh, okay, there's three shows at Vitus this week that I definitely want to see. So I'm going to go, mm-hmm. go that week. Um, we'll have an offline uh, conversation about well, that. That's like, and see if we can come up with your travel arrangements, Mr. Santos. Okay. <laughs> but but that, that's part of the part of what I wanted to ask you about, actually, and something I've always wondered. Sure. I moved to New York City to be by St. Vitus Bar. My best friend, who I met at St. Vitus Bar, moved to New York City to be by St. Vitus Bar. I have a good handful of other friends who literally moved to the city for your bar, not for shows, but for your bar. Mm -hmm. Do you think about that or like that weird impact you have and George and Artie have had on like metalhead migration in America? I I don't know about you and your fucking freaky friends, Bacon. I don't know, man. I'm just (laughs) no, but But you know what I mean? It's a thing. Like people are coming to New York for this club, which is insane. It is. No. I, and we were blessed by it. Like, you know, to me, I'm just trying to do the things I, I'm from Long Island, right? Like I grew up on Long Island and George grew up in Brooklyn and Artie grew up on Long Island. And we're just trying to create the place that we want to see kind of in the world. It's very like, uh, what who said that? Like the Dalai Lama or something like, or Mahatma Gandhi, 
be the change you want to see in the world or, you know, right. And like, we are doing that collectively, but that's the way I sort of just try and do it. And I'm just happy that people see themselves wanting to do that and to be into it. Right. Like that's incredible to me. And if you want to like, you know, New York has a lot to offer, but if that's like a part of it, that's amazing to me. Like I, I I'm just more than grateful that, pe- that, you know, people like, give a shit honestly you know because there's a lot of things especially in this time when you're talking about like essentials and things of that nature right like essentiality like in life it's really interesting to see how essential art is to a lot of people right like music is essential to people like art and music and film all these things are essential to people's lives and they feel touched by an intimate ways of like just being and thinking and stuff and like i said that's a bit of the the magic if we can just sort of be part of that magic like then we're in everything else doesn't matter like you know we're we're just like part of so you know people's lives and that's amazing right like that's like an ultimate goal so to me we're like reaching like the higher plane you know where it's like cool i've certainly spent a fucking ass load of time there so if other people want to that's that's, you know, that's rad. And it's sure. really crazy to think because Matt, how old are you? 25. Yeah. I'm fucking, I just turned 38. You know, I was 27 when this started, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's crazy to think that there are now people who are, you know, like we're, we're talking 10 years. We're like generations sort of like are moving through the place and, and into it and, and kind of around it. And that to me is, really wild like 10 years in new york and chris can speak to this as like an establishment is like fucking 30 somewhere else to like make it through so um that's it's just amazing you know and it shows that people want what we do which is awesome and we intend to come back strong and, and provide that you know i love that um matt was barely a teenager and i was still older than you are now when you opened <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, listen man. we're gonna yeah. wrap this up with some you know we we, we say we we kind of pitched this podcast as you know mostly metal but with a little a little um boxing and mma chat and some food chat and we really don't ever do that because we um so we're gonna end this i got five rapid rapid fire questions for you or i want a quick answer the first thing that comes to your head um in regards to UFC, which I know you're as passionate about as I, as I am and, and as knowledgeable, which is impressive because I consider myself pretty much like as smart as anybody in the world when it comes to boxing and, and MMA boxing. I'm, re- sure. I'm ready, baby. Right. I'm ready. This airs a little bit delayed, but hopefully we can get this one up before July 10th, which is when Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight for the third time. Who wins? Why and how? Poirier, five-round fight. I could see him doing it in the third or the fourth. I'm not sure McGregor is the same guy or as motivated. And I think that, you know, Dustin is just, he's a different fighter than he was. And I think really it's him and Oliveira for best of the rest now that Khabib is left. I'm surprised that McGregor took the rematch because if he loses, he really is putting himself in a corner. I agree. And uh, I'm surprised he took it so quickly. You know, yeah. like he didn't have another fight and then went went back to Dustin. I, I, I'm worried that he won't have the time really to make the adjustments, even though, you know, Connor, Connor could do it. I think too many people are counting him out, but I think Dustin's just hit a stride in a plane of confidence, technique, prime that has never wavered. He's just kind of gone up to, to reach this 
this sort of summit. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking uh, El Diamante. Pound for pound, greatest UFC fighter of all time. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's John Jones to me. Uh, and I, I, I say that because I hate to say it because it's John Jones is a very, obviously he's a controversial character for his out of the cage stuff. And then you can maybe talk about PD sort of accusations. But if you talk about just even his in cage accolades, the way that he ran through the division the first time when he was young was as impressive to me as Tyson. It was Tyson level domination, which is, really not seen and then he he fucked up but then he came back and has just only continued to win and we've seen like his prime his window has only just been one loss was a dq loss which should be honestly overturned it was total horseshit i watched that fight against matt hamill with the 12 to 6 elbow it's to me it's john jones okay so you think he'll do well at heavyweight um i think john's slowing down like speed wise. And I think he's getting a little bit older and I think he thinks he can bulk up and take on some of those, you know, heavyweights, but uh, Francis Ngannou and Steve Miocic are different people. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily love it for him. No, even though I do think he's the best ever. That's a good lead into my next question. And we, and we got to go quickly here. Um, How long do you think Francis Ngannou can be champ? What do you see beating him? If anybody, I, I don't. I think Francis is going to reign supreme. Same. Um, and final one. Uh, I think I said five, but I'm going to skip one of them. Um, uh, who is a young fighter that you're most excited about that you think is going to take over the sport? I think that there's a couple. Um, right now, I really like this kid, Adrian Yanez. I think mm-hmm. he's got like the really crisp, amazing boxing and just like a really good swagger, and uh, I look forward to seeing what Edmund Shabazian can do against Jack Hermanson. He's already kind of like towards the upper echelon of the sport, but uh, he had a rough go of it. If he could be Hermanson now, um, Shabazian is going to be a top ten fighter for a very long time. That's uh, that's what I think. So I'd look out for 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 those two guys. And uh, as far as the ladies are concerned, I would say that Tatiana Suarez coming back is a really big deal. I was, it was so great to see Rose um, win a couple of weeks ago. Did you see that fight? I, I, I She's just amazing, man. Like, she's a great uh-huh. fighter. Wasn't great super player. psyched on her rhetoric going into the fight, but right. uh, You're right, right, I, right. Do, I do love her as a fighter. I think she's great. I saw her beat Ioana live at Barclays, and it was insane. And Rose has I, – I, I thought people were counting her out, like, way – way, way too early. Uh, I'm just like, her standup is as good and as fluid as anyone. And Trevor Whitman is maybe the best coach in the sport. So anyone coached by him, watch out. Championship level. Um, let's switch to boxing. I actually have a few more minutes here for you because um, now you're getting me excited to talk about this stuff. Um, <laughs> I am going to, I am planning on attending um, Wilder Fury 3, which now looks like it's happening July 24th. Yeah. At Legion uh, Stadium in Las Vegas. Um, I am a firm believer and I will, I'm on record here. Um, I think Wilder's going to win that fight. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of his recent training videos. If not, I suggest you go to his Instagram. He's got a new trainer, Malik Scott. He's looking super smooth, super slick. He's looking like he's got, you know, he's really, his balance is on point. Um, 
his 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 head movement and his 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 going to the body is really great. I also think that with a guy like him, I don't care who you are, the more rounds you go against a guy like him, the more likely you're going to get knocked out because he's one of the heaviest punchers in the history of the game. Um, and I think Fury doesn't look so great from what I've seen, although you can't really judge a book by a cover when it comes to him because he's such a great boxer. But I don't think he's in Wilder's head as much as he thinks he's in Wilder's head. And Wilder looks really determined. And so I'm, I'm mm. going Wilder all the way. Very interesting prognostication. I would need to see that because right now, one of those guys knows how to box and the other one doesn't. To me, Wilder... i a video right now. Yeah, and may, but you know a, a change of camps. Wilder is an is like an athletic freak and like genius though, right? Like it, you know, um, it's like saying every round he could hit a home run to win the baseball game, a walk off home run every single right. round. So you're right, he has like the winning lottery ticket in that in 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 that right hand, like at any time. So to me, that's what makes it always super compelling. But I do also think that Fury is the much bigger man as well. And he can kind of bully him uh, in a way that he really showed in the second fight. And so I'm very curious to see it. And uh, yeah, I would, I would still lean Fury, honestly, because of just his sort of imposition of will, I think could be very good. And I also think that Fury is really crafty. I would be surprised if Wilder could uh, to close the gap there, but all that Wilder has to do is find the one one home for one punch and, it, you know, it can be over. So, like, I, I want to watch the fight every fucking time it happens. Anthony Joshua, underrated or overrated? Appropriately rated, I think, in my opinion. Like, I don't think that he's the best. I think he showed that he, he wasn't with, like, you know, the Ruiz fight. I think he's shown heart before, you know, obviously getting off the, the canvas with Klitschko and, things of that nature. I think he's just in the mix. I think what's what's great is that there's actually like a bunch of good heavyweights that are awesome and like are compelling to watch and let's let them all fight. You know, if a couple of them lose, it's not the biggest deal in the world uh, in, in my mind, you know? I would love to see Joshua Fury. And if that was the fight that was happening, I'd be equally as compelled. Miss me with all that thriller bullshit. This is, this is a golden era of heavyweights. Seriously. Um, we got to get Matt over to some of some fight parties and get him up to speed on all this stuff. Oh, I'm thinking the last time we all hung out, the last time I saw you, Dave, I don't know mm -hmm. if that's the last time you guys saw each other. Was that in the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight? Like right before uh, the world. Oh, ended? Yeah. yeah. I think February. that might be it. Yeah. That was February 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you Absolutely. got sick right after <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and I had this moment of, I remember that party and being like, Oh my God, this is it. Like I'm finally cool. <laughs> yeah that that was a really fun party i have to say uh, a chris santos fight night party it's, um i lost gambling, I lo yeah booze, i was gonna say i lost fights. a bunch of money and i wasn't even mad i was like this is this is sick no you wake up like poorer and happier it's fucking beautiful it's, it's i remember waking I up at like six the next day and being like okay we have black light stuff it was it was, it was tight unfortunately yeah. i gave up my apartment in new york however um my, my favorite bar in the city pink's um just did a complete remodel and they have a giant screen tv so if there's a really really big fight like you know like a big big fight that i'm not actually attending myself i plan on coming to new york and just just renting out the place for the night and having everybody come over <laughs> I, can't not, I can't not have my new york fight parties they've been a part of 27 years you know? uh, dude i i um 
I've been I've been blessed to be at, at a few. I remember, and uh, I'll never forget Connor Khabib at your crib because yeah. in, in the aftermath and everyone's going. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. that was that was one of like my, my favorites. I, I was like just losing my mind the entire night. That was uh, a beautiful time. Uh, I loved yeah. it. I remember when I moved to New York City with, you know, $500 in my pocket, no job. And I finally got an apartment after couch surfing or whatever. And uh, I don't remember the, the, the exact details, but I do remember that the first apartment I got was actually in Hoboken and George Foreman was fighting Tommy Morrison. And I basically just, I made like a flyer and I, and I like, I lived in a, you know, it was an apartment building. I went, I, I made a flyer and like a fight poster and I went around and I just, scotch taped it to everybody's door i didn't know anybody um and like 30 people showed up <laughs> it's kind of oh, awesome. dude, that's and tight I, and that's kind of and now i've been i've i've became i've become kind of known for my fight parties they're pretty they're pretty fun but that's uh, that's beautiful yeah all right i think we got to wrap this one up um i could talk to you forever i miss you it's been a long time i can't wait to see you at vitus um absolutely and i hope to get to los angeles too so we could chill yeah, out there sure. i gotta go see my brother in venice yeah, for sure. For sure. Matt, any last words? No, thank you, Dave. Always an inspiration. Uh, thanks, Matt. Have a great one, guys. A pleasure to be on the show and I'll see you both soon. Uh, hopefully you. over a nice yeah. ice cold drink at St. Uh, Vitus Bar. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.